Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Uh, another um, person has been in touch on the subject we're about to discuss right now, actually, uh, saying, Hi, um, I'm ringing about cyclists. I'm not a person to criticise the Road Traffic Act, but I think they're wrong here. It says you don't overtake when it's dangerous to overtake a cyclist. I'm driving all my life and I've seen people this very morning who were too scared to overtake cyclists. It needs to be explained to drivers what exactly it means to dangerously overtake. It doesn't mean you stay behind the cyclist the whole way down to Castle Troy from Limerick City. Otherwise, we're going to have traffic jams and everything. I'm not really for this new legislation, if I'm honest, but I won't criticise it. But it does need to be explained, and I hope Joe will do that uh, this morning. Well, we're going to give people the opportunity to have that discussion right now uh, on uh, the show. By the way, uh, we do have a great uh, comment of the week prize if you get in touch with us. It is afternoon tea for two at Adair Manor. And these new laws uh, designed to protect cyclists have come into effect this week. Uh, It makes it an offence to dangerously overtake a cyclist. Building on existing legislation, it provides for an increased fixed charge penalty of €120 and three penalty points for offenders. And uh, joining me in the studio is Anne Cronin, uh, who we know well on the show is co-founder of Limerick Cycle Bus and uh, member of the Limerick Cycling Campaign. And you're welcome, Anne. Good morning to you, Um, Good morning, Jill. uh, We have our own uh, head of news, uh, Gillian Devlin, with us as well. Good morning to you, Gillian. Morning, Joe. And Brian Farrell is with us, communications manager with the Road Safety Authority. He's on the line. Uh, Good morning to you, uh, Brian. Um, Good morning, Joe. Now, Gillian, I think you have practical reservations about this, uh, especially in Limerick. Well, I don't know that I need to come on now because that texter's more or less made the point for me. Um, I, I totally see where they're coming from. Obviously, you don't overtake a cyclist in a way that puts them in danger. But I'm just, I don't know, I'm listening to this ad. I don't know whether people have heard the ad that we're running here in the radio station. I know radio ads in general are very, very powerful, but that particular one that we're running is probably an RSA-backed one, is really good because it, you hear the, the sound of them fixing the car and then you hear the sound of them fixing the hip on a cyclist. I think, like, my blood runs cold every time I hear it. But... I then get scared because I'm a driver, a motorist, more than a cyclist. I have been a cyclist, but I'm almost too scared to cycle on our roads. And it's not because of the car's behaviour, it's because of our roads. They're not built for cyclists, most of them. Unless you're travelling from the travel lodge to UL, in which case you've got a, a cycle path the whole way, it's almost unsafe because of the nature of the roads. I drive up the Corbley Road on a regular basis, right? It's uphill. Anybody who's cycling on that is going at a snail's pace, a very slow snail's pace because it's, unless they're incredibly fit, because it goes uphill. It nearly, um, you know, nine to five has traffic running fairly busily in both directions. If I'm behind a cyclist uh, going up that hill, I'm now afraid to overtake because I am now scared that I won't make that uh, one metre, I think it's one metre in that particular uh, speed zone, uh, well, it's one and a half metres if you're in a higher speed zone. Um, I'm afraid to do that. And I I can see this actually happening. I, I have overtaken on that road in the past. I've overtaken a cyclist in the past. 
but always carefully, never put them in danger. But this this new law is making me go, I won't do it just in case. And that's going to cause a knock-on effect. And uh, I think creating anxiety and creating tension among motorists who are already under pressure on the Corbally Roads, as you will hear in our traffic reports on every single breakfast show and um, also on the Live Drive with Gary as well. The Corbally Roads always mentioned because of traffic. Cyclists do need to be able to use... Uh, to get from place to place. But we need to put the infrastructure there. We need more cycle lanes. And and anxiety aside, what are the practical difficulties for motorists on that stretch of road or similar stretches of road around Limerick with the new law? Well, it's, it's just that the distance isn't there because if you are trying to take overtake a cyclist and if there are any way out from the path and I don't know if there's any law about how close they have to be to the side of the road. You know, if they decide to, to to cycle in almost the middle or closer to the middle of the road, that puts overtaking out even further. There's always traffic coming against you. So if you have to wait for a gap, effectively, you're cycling you're, you're driving at the pace slower than an average cyclist because it's uphill and they're going particularly slow. And the motorists behind you then? They're waiting for you to... Well, Well, the risk is that they, they won't have the patience and they'll overtake you and the cyclists together at the same time and that's even more dangerous. And they are definitely going, you feel, to put pressure on the person who's, ever, who's at the front of that group of cars? Well, if you have any sort of a delay on that particular road, it has a knock-on effect for almost the entire city because there's only a small window of time for the traffic lights there at the crossroads at St Mary's Church for cars to bleed through. Often they can get stuck in the middle of the junction. They get stuck in the yellow boxes at Atlunker Bridge. If you have more of this um, knock-on effect of people delaying that traffic, then uh, I just don't know what's going to happen. All right, Anne Cronin there from Limerick Cycling Campaign. What do you make of that concern? And, and Gillian's expressing it, but it's not just Gillian. We would have heard it from some others as well. Absolutely. And I suppose, first off, I agree with a lot of what Gillian says because, you know, there's a lot of sense in there. And in particular, our city isn't really designed um, for safe cycle infrastructure. We recognise that and we know it and we've spoken about it many times before. But I suppose at the core and the crux of the issue is we either recognise that cyclists have a right to be on the road and a right to cycle from A to B and are recognised as road users, the same as people in cars um, and everything else. And I suppose, just to, to, to clarify, I'm a motorist nearly more often than I'm on my bike. I mean, I'm part of Limerick Cycle Bus. Very often my day involves getting the kids to school through the cycle bus, cycling home, getting in my car and driving to wherever I need to go. So... I'm very aware of the frustrations that motorists um, have, I guess, sitting in traffic, the congestion as it builds in our city. Um, But I suppose we just need to, you know, it's not one or the other. We need to be able to recognise that um, cycling um, is, first and foremost, it's a public health issue. I mean, our children are the better for cycling to school. Um, and where possible, I think we need to be supporting people that can cycle to work, um, that can cycle to school and that are out of their cars. And in that, actually reducing the traffic congestion, reducing um, the traffic that Gillian's talking about. And I think, you know, this campaign and this legislation came out of you know, uh, a group of people that were concerned because family members uh, of theirs had died, you know, cycling on our roads because people weren't 
people in cars weren't um, weren't driving safely. And I think ultimately that's the issue for me. And I think the the awareness that this legislation brings for all of us who sit in cars every day is paramount. Okay. Well, Brian Farrell from the Road Safety Authority, where are you on this? The the law, the the updated law on top of existing legislation, then the practicalities that are being raised um, for motorists and cyclists. Yeah, and I, look, I, I have to agree with a lot of what's being said, and and and, and you know, I, I do sympathise and I understand the concerns of drivers. And I suppose the starting point in all of this is that cyclists are extremely vulnerable road users, and we've seen from the you know the, the statistics that we've published in the past that um, you know there's there's uh, hundreds of cyclists. We, we hear about the you know there's nine cyclists been killed to date this year. That's one more than to the same period last year. But there are hundreds of cyclists who are seriously seriously injured in collisions, uh, you know, predominantly involving cars. And they are a particularly vulnerable road uh, user group. And the fact that the cyclist isn't cocooned in a car the way a driver is puts them at a serious disadvantage. So regardless of who is at fault, if something goes wrong, and this is goes to the heart of what her ad campaign um, is trying to, to, trying to get across, is that the cyclist will always come off worse in such a campaign and will probably end up suffering serious injuries as a result of, of of a crash. The advice that we have been given for the last year and a half, and this is something that's fronted by a national TV advertising campaign where we're trying to explain to people what, you know, giving them guidance on what they should do, is to give the riders the space to ride safe. And that means in towns and cities, in zones under 50k, give them one metre. And then in zones over 50k, typically outside of urban areas to Mm. give them 1.5. Now, we're not asking people to stick a measuring tape out the window to make sure that they have passed at the appropriate distance, but it's just to have that in the back of their mind. But is that in the law? No, and that's the thing. It wasn't something that was 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 um, translatable into law. So what happened was there is a general, or was a general, well, there still is a general offence of dangerous overtaking. And what the minister has done is he has specifically spelled out uh, by bringing in a regulation that there is also an offence for dangerously overtaking cyclists just to spell out that road user group because they are so vulnerable right. and he's increased the penalties okay, so from an 80 euro fine. But there's no specific distance, Gillian. No, think, it's an advisory in an relation advisor. to the 1.5 okay. and the 5. What, what, but what that, we're Jill? trying to do is we're trying to get people to understand that cyclists need space to ride safe. And a cyclist has to contend with, you know, you know, maybe a gutter or a pothole or broken mm. glass, and they need the space to be able to move out to avoid something. And they, and if a car is overtaking, they right. absolutely okay. need to have that safe zone. Yeah. Brian, what about the, um, the risky behaviour of some cyclists as well? I mean, we, we yeah. have a, a roundabout in Castle Troy in Limerick, which is notorious for cyclists shooting across. They come out of nowhere across the pedestrian crossings. They don't get off their bike. They cycle yeah. across them at speed. And what happens is you're stopped there at the pedestrian crossing to allow the walking students to cross. You have to keep your eye out for a gap in the traffic in order to be able to move on um, around the roundabout. So you're looking to your right for that. The pedestrians have crossed. You've checked left. There's no pedestrians walking. And out of nowhere, out comes the cyclists and fires across in front of you. I mean... That kind of thing is... is yeah, 
it's, look, we've said, we've said it many times, the, the roads are, you know, it's, it's a shared space and we all have to share that space responsibly. And we all have to live by and adhere to the rules of the road. That includes drivers, it includes pedestrians, it includes cyclists. Are we all have a duty to care. Across it? Because they seem to have this idea that because it's a pedestrian crossing, they can cycle across it. Are they allowed to? Well, the Gardaí have got new powers now to enforce, you know, aberrant behaviour by cyclists and there's a €40 euro fine for behaviour like that. And cyclists but, but is that... The, is, but sorry, is, you, Anne, can you... T- does, is, what's the law on pedestrian crossings for cyclists? I don't necessarily know. I suppose Brian can... can well, can Brian that? tell us what the law is? Well, cyclists should be dismounting if they're right. crossing... Right. And walking across crossing. with the bike yeah, beside them. Okay. absolutely, can, yeah. Can I just make one point, Joe? I suppose I don't know how useful it is to bring the conversation into this us and them scenario. I suppose it's not cyclists against motorists no, and, because... And can I, be, can I be completely upfront with you about this now? Because you know this is true, right? If we engage in a conversation that doesn't involve some of this. Every single person listening is having that type of conversation in their own social groups. So it'll sound like we are operating in some sort of laboratory that isn't taking account of the reality of people listening this morning in Limerick City and County and the tension that they have. And by the way, I'll make one other point to you, Anne, just before I come back to you. It's very interesting because I I take your point about being both a motorist and a cyclist. You probably had this row with yourself. I have lots of rows myself on a daily basis but I suppose the thing for me is that the us and them really is people who who use the road safely and people who don't use the road safely and I think if this legislation does anything it reminds us and it wakes us up that when we are in our cars that there are vulnerable road users around us and I suppose I live in the city Gillian's reference is to the city and driving in the city and I suppose it's like everything else I mean we can't be travelling at speed through the city and through the different um, suburbs around the city. Uh, there are vulnerable road users. I'm a pedestrian uh, as well as everybody else in this room. And the amount of times on a daily basis that cars go through the, 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 the pedestrian lights. I mean, that's just a matter of course now. Um, I think it's a safety issue for me, whether you're a, whether you're a pedestrian, a cyclist, yeah. somebody in a wheelchair, an older person, yeah. a child. People in cars need to be aware that there are vulnerable people and, around but them. Do you know what I feel really sorry for in this instance? the ordinary member of Ungarda Siakana. Because it sounds to me, based on what you said, Brian, about advisory versus the law, that this is impossible for them to enforce. Well, Superintendent Paul Cleary has made it clear that his members are aware of the new law and know how to enforce the new law and will be enforcing the well, new law. Well, I wish he'd tell the rest and of us. How, 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 how are they going to enforce well, it? Well, you know, they, if, if a motorist is listening this morning and wants to obey this new law in Limerick, accepting we have infrastructural issues, as Gillian has pointed out, in many parts of the city yeah. and some of the county as well, could someone explain how a Garda well, will enforce the law? I mean, motors have always been required to comply with safe overtaking of cyclists. So what's so the new bit about it's not a new law. What's the they new bit about they need, they need, It's just been spelled out to say, in particular, cyclists. But under the previous Act, it, it carried a general provision for all road users, including cyclists. They've just spelled it out. So it's not in, re, in a real sense a new law. It's just to have to spell it out to prioritise the safety of cyclists. But can I just jump in and say one thing, um, uh, can I, can I, I, think, well, I just want to understand one thing, now, Brian. Please, Brian, I want to understand one thing, one thing here. Yeah. Does that mean then that if someone listening is stopped that they will be charged under 
not this law, but the existing law on dangerous overtaking. Is that is that the position? They're charged under the new law. Under the, and, so and, there is a new law. These and, and it's in, in relation to dangerous overtaking of cyclists. Previously, a guard could stop someone for dangerously overtaking a cyclist under the under the old act. But what the minister has decided to do to make it a specific offence in relation to cyclists, but critically to increase the fines. It's three penalty points on your licence plus a €120 fine. But can I just mention this one thing, Joe, and that is something that Anne talked about there, and and I do think we need to look and have a conversation about solutions. And, you know, this year we funded a programme on RTE, a four-part programme on cycling. And one of the things we did is they went over to various European countries and looked at what they did in other European countries. And countries that would be this, have cities the size of Cork and Limerick, for example, and looked at what they did to improve the cycling in their and make it safe in their cities and to prioritise, you know, uh, you know, healthier lifestyles and get more people out, uh, out, out cycling because it is in the best interest of, of society if we have a situation like that. And the two things that came across were, one, that they were in our position years ago, decades ago, and they did something about it because, the, the, you know, the powers that be decided that this was going to be prioritised and we were going to build the infrastructure to make this happen and two, we are going to reduce the speeds in our towns and our cities to make them safer, not just for cyclists, but for pedestrians okay. as well, vulnerable road users. And I think that's where we need to start shifting right, the conversation right. to producing infrastructure for, for safe cycling in our towns and cities. I think it's useful as well, Joe. I suppose the, it, it's not like that I'm here as a cyclist to defend people who, who, who cycle unsafely. We all know people who can be accused of that, you know, driving unsafely, cycling unsafely, pedestrians across the lights when they shouldn't, all of that. I suppose what we're talking to and what we're appealing to are people who follow the rules of the road, who drive safely, who cycle safely. And I think, you know, Gillian brought up the, the issue of the infrastructure. That's a huge issue. But it's not always about the infrastructure. I mean, I was on Henry Street yesterday morning, cycling down Henry Street, which has four lanes of traffic at different points of it, you know, cycling uh, uh, safely, as I thought, and a car overtook me um, and then came stri- straight in, in the lane in front of me and turned left. I mean, if I was doing any kind of speed, I could have perp- I could have hit him, I could have fallen off my bike, and that's at a quarter to nine in the morning. So it's back to me, you know, if we want our children, and I think most of us do, you know, to be to be healthy. I mean, one in four children are at risk of obesity now in this country. So I think it's, for me, a big issue is the public health thing. And if we want our children cycling to school, there's a new cycling um, proposed for LIT into town. If we want students using that, then we need to have protection. But, but and the one thing I don't fully understand here is, I thought we were a smarter travel city. Are we not? Were we not the template that was being experimented um, with for right around the country. So this is the smarter travel city example to the rest of the country. And Gillian's just pointed out that there are such significant infrastructural issues, she doesn't know if she can come up the Carberley Road yeah, and pass bikes. In fairness, some good things have been done under smarter travel. And I'm one of the beneficiaries of it because we have the fabulous Canal Bank Walk and a lot of students do use that to get out to UL and back. And, you know, so there have been investments made there and there have been investments in... Uh, in cycle lanes around the city as well. I, I just think we're a long way off. But the point is, if we're the template, if we're the template oh, for yeah, smarter well. travel, 
then what about the rest of the country? If, if, we, if, we, if we're the great example, and you've pointed out, and others have, significant issues on this one... I think you're right, Joe. I mean, are we the template or That's are we not? That's rarely I, said in this studio. Yeah. Uh, but So thank you, Anne. <laughs> I, I absolutely recognise where it's due. And the thing with Smarter Travel is, I think, what we have to thank Smarter Travel for is the UL pathway. And that is a fantastic amenity that, you know, the students can use on a daily basis. But outside of people going in and out to Castle Troy, that's it. It's something we use with our kids at the weekend for a cycle. What I'm interested in is utility cycling in the city. So the people from the Ennis Road and from Corbley and from a variety of different places around the city can cycle safely to town, to go to work, to go to school on a daily basis. Not on a beautiful scenic route that takes us off down the canal banks. That's fantastic when we have the time to do it. But we're talking about daily cycling, getting out of our cars, cutting down on congestion, cutting down on the traffic that Gillian's talking to are talking about. Um, and we need to support cycling to do that. And it sounds like, based on what Brian is saying, based on what Anne is saying uh, about the law, the new, the new law, that motorists will have to accept that for the common good they are going to get these increased fines that the Guardi are going to enforce them if the Chief Superintendent, who's responsible, says not our local one, but says it's, it's doable and, and that that's just the way it's going to have to be. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, like you say, I think it's a very difficult one to enforce. It's a bit like the, the dog fouling. But I do think it'll be, in a good way, it'll be in the minds of motorists looking out for cyclists. I'm still concerned like that texter um, that at least in the short term listening to the ads that we're hearing listening to items like this that uh, people are going to be just decide I'm not overtaking a cyclist at all mm. One other thing in terms of Educate Together because you're involved in that um, the planning permissions have gone up for the new school across from Northern Trust in Castle Troy they're saying up and running by September 2021 I know, it's very ambitious and I think the school in its it was always an ambitious thing to get the Educate Together Secondary School to town so we did and yeah, I mean that's that's the plan so, um, you know I hope they... they Will they... you be cutting the ribbon do you think in September 2021 <laughs> for it? Not me, but somebody definitely that's 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 involved in the, in, in the school today it will for sure but I'll be there on the sidelines clapping and cheering Alright, well listen, thank you very much. Very interesting debate this morning. Really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you to Anne Cronin, co-founder of Limerick Cycle Bus and member of the Limerick Cycling Campaign, uh, our own head of news, uh, Gillian, and Brian Farrell, who's communications manager with the Road Safety Authority. I hope that was of some use to you and the questions that we've been getting from listeners about this over the last couple of days. Call Limerick today now on 461995.